I, I had done the impossible. I'd gotten a job at an investment bank as a woman. And here I was like, I didn't feel like I could necessarily turn my back on those opportunities because this is what we'd all work so hard for as women. Yeah. But to watch Martha like unapologetically embrace the domestic arts and become this mogul, I was like, okay, I have permission. Hi, I'm Kanika, and you're listening to That's Total Mom Sense, the podcast, where I interview public figures on their life lessons and legacy. We are shaping society by raising our children to be the change makers of tomorrow. Quite frankly, parenting is the biggest responsibility and privilege on earth. Hey, what's up? I'm Kelly Rowland, and you're checking out That's Total Mom Sense. Hi, this is Chelsea Clinton, and my experience on That's Total Mom Sense was fantastic. It's me, Bobby Brown. Can't wait to share my story. Be sure to check out my other monthly series, What Matters Most with Maple, featuring my co-host Michael Perry, and hashtag Girl Dad Talk with Kimberly Wolf. Thank you to my distinguished guests, brand partners, community, and you for making this podcast possible. Episodes release every Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. You can join my tribe by logging on to thatstotalmomsense.com and following me on Instagram at Kanika Chadda Gupta. Now let's dive into today's episode. Throughout the winter months, I don't feel like going anywhere. So home workouts are my BFF. Thankfully, I discovered Masa. Masa has a history that spans five decades of inspiring millions of people to move. Masa has hundreds of on-demand workouts and recoveries for everyone, new movers and athletes alike, 300 plus and growing. My podcast listeners get 30 days free on top of a 14-day trial with my very own promo code, TOTALMOMSENSE30. After 44 days, a subscription is just $9.99 per month. Workouts fit every schedule, whether you have 10, 30, or 60 minutes. And they're actually enjoyable, driven by music and amazing coaching. Masa's video library has workouts like dance, MMA, mind body, HIIT, and cycling. They've got work-ins. Their word for recovery is work-ins, like the D-Death series, to offset our sedentary lives and 10-minute synergy experiences based in yoga and Pilates. I especially love strength training. These structured workouts improve fitness, a stronger physique, living better, feeling better, which means we're able to run around with our kids or grandkids and build better brain health and a can-do attitude. To learn more, log on to www.masa.net. And remember, use my promo code TOTALMOMSENSE30 to receive 30% off your subscription. What are you still doing here? Get moving. Albert Einstein once said, play is the highest form of research. All play is associated with intense thought activity and rapid intellectual growth. And my guest today can vouch for that as she took play what piqued insatiable curiosity in her and brought her joy to become her passion and profit. Today's guest is someone who's been in my network, and I'm so excited to chat with one-on-one as she's a powerhouse female founder and parent who pivoted her career from finance to food and beverage, all because she trusted her intuition. And we all know how important that is on the show. It's our mom sense, our dad sense, that sixth sense that helps us chart the right path. 
Candace Nelson is a serial entrepreneur, a New York Times bestselling author, Wall Street Journal contributor, and expert in turning one's passion into a profitable business. In 2005, Candace revolutionized the baking industry when she left her career in finance to start Sprinkles, the world's first cupcake bakery and cupcake ATM. In 2017, she launched Pizana, a growing chain of pizzerias acclaimed by Michelin Bib Gourmand. Expanding her portfolio of investments, she founded CN2 Ventures, which focuses on female and diverse founded businesses. Her books include The Sprinkles Baking Book, where she shares 100 recipes from her kitchen, and the HarperCollins Leadership Published Sweet Success, a simple recipe for turning your passion into profit. Candace lives in LA with her husband, sons, Charlie and Harry, and dog, Willie. Today, we're going to dive into Candace's life story, her proven recipe for finding your calling and making it successful and the ingredients you need to sustain your business and how parenthood has been a catalyst for her to get intentional about what's next on the menu. Candace, welcome to the show. Wow. Thank you for that beautiful intro. I'm delighted to be here. Me too. Me too. I'm, I'm so excited to dig in. Well, congrats on your book and all the sweet successes you've had along the way. Thank you so much. Um, well, let's start with your with your TEDx talk at Wesleyan. Um, it's your alma mater. You won the most distinguished alumnus award, and you gave the most compelling talk on play. And you know, you started with how you witnessed your son tap into his imagination and what that kind of did for you. So, take us there. We talk a lot about work, and we talk a lot about work life balance, you know, and prioritizing rest. But we don't talk enough about play. Play is sort of this third space where our mind can be truly creative. We can release ourselves from rules and kind of imagine the world, a vision for the world that doesn't exist yet. And it was in that space, that playful space that Sprinkles was born. You know, I had lost my job in the dot-com bust. 9-11 had happened. My passion for baking, which I'd grown up with, was reignited being in San Francisco in this beautiful food city. And I turned to baking just as a comfort, a fun activity. I found my flow in the kitchen. And I realized that that's what I wanted to be doing with my life. Uh, you were born in, in Southeast Asia and in Indonesia and grew up there. So tell us what life was like then. Well, this was an analog world. So I yeah. was very far from home and it was hard to connect with my homeland in any substantive way. I mean, long distance phone calls were expensive. Right. And they were often <laughs> dropped. Even just finding like things I love from home, like cereal, you know, they would come over, cereal would come over on ships and it would take two weeks. And by the time, you know, it reached us, it was kind of stale and soggy from the humidity in Indonesia. And it's just like, I couldn't get anything I love from home. Aww. And so I had to learn to make the treats I loved myself. So my wow. mom and I spent hours and hours in the kitchen baking from her joy of cooking cookbook, things like sheet cakes and brownies and rice krispie treats and all the things that I missed. That's amazing. And even your grandma had just a very significant impact on you, right? She was my great grandmother and she passed before I was born. So wow. I grew up hearing tales of her. She was a real she was a dynamo. She was a single mom in the depression years, running mm -hmm. restaurants and feeding people out the back door who were down on their luck. So she was a real inspiration to me just in terms of being a businesswoman, an entrepreneur, being charitable in her business. 
And my mom used to share stories with me, detailed stories of the treats that she would make and the, you know, um, gatherings that she would have. So I felt like I knew her, but I didn't actually. In college, would you say you were a rule follower or more of a rebel or a bit of both? (laughs) I definitely am a rebel for sure. Mm -hmm. But I also really like to do a good job. So I wanted to get good grades. I wanted my professors to think highly of me. I wanted to exceed expectations and succeed. But I also liked to party and I like to do things my way. And I mean, I'm both. We're all so multifaceted. It's hard to really choose. It's true. (laughs) It's true. I I love that. I love that. Yeah. And you know what? Like, like I said in the beginning, you uh, find out how to chart your path. And Mm -hmm. I remember in, um, I think it was in your talk, you mentioned how you uh, opted for econ instead of theater. Mm -hmm. But, you know, and then you, you, had this career in um, in banking as an analyst, and you know you managed to pivot and were like, you know what, I'm going to tap into something else that's always been there. You know, so it's never been latent, which is great. Um, so to tell us about that, like the the dot com bust happens, and boom, oh, yeah. you're just and you're like, okay, what am I going to do next? <laughs> so I have been raised in this family that really believed in traditional education. And also my dad was a corporate lawyer. He had worked only for two companies pretty much in his whole career. So a very loyal company employee. And that was sort of what I was raised in. So I figured I would get a job out of college. I'd get some good experience as an investment banking analyst working in corporate finance. And then I'd go find my career, my one career doing my one thing. (laughs) And um, I like her. Yeah. The prevailing sentiment of the day. It's so different now. But so I was, I did all the right things. I got recruited to that prestigious investment bank out in San Francisco. I was working with technology companies. And then I went to go work for one of the technology companies late. This was the late nineties. It was the dot-com boom. And then of course the bust. So I was out of a job. I was on the couch. I was kind of struggling with what next, because I followed all the rules. I'd done everything right. And now here I was down on my luck. Like what happened? Um, this wasn't how it was supposed to play out. I had done the impossible. I'd gotten a job in an investment bank as a woman. And here I was like, I didn't feel like I could necessarily turn my back on those opportunities because this is what we'd all worked so hard for as women. Yeah. But to watch Martha like unapologetically embrace the domestic arts and become this mogul, I was like, okay, I have permission. I decided yes. to go to pastry school yes. instead of business school. Um, I reclaimed my love for baking. I was having so much fun just playing in the kitchen. And I didn't know at the time what I was going to do with it. I just knew that when I was baking, I felt that I was in my flow. I was doing something that brought me joy. And that was enough for me to want to take the next step. And the next step for me was to test my interest. Like I knew I loved to bake as a hobby. Would I like to do it as a career? And so that's what pastry school was for me. It was sort of this test of, do I want to wake up every morning and get my hands, you know, in dirty and, uh, you know, be hauling bags of flour around. And I realized I loved it. So after pastry school, of course, I wanted to do something entrepreneurial and, um, initially started by making special occasion cakes, realized that was not a good business. People don't buy them very often. They take a Mm -hmm. long time to make and they're very frustrating. (laughs) Right. Oh, I can imagine. And yeah, it's few and far between. Exactly. So I just remember, you know, cupcakes were kind of coming onto the scene. People 
I had just gotten married. I'd, I'd seen a lot of these wedding cupcake towers that people were opting for instead of the traditional cake. But then when I'd walk through the supermarket, I'd see these very basic cupcakes stacked up in plastic clamshells. And right. cupcakes, even though they were this nostalgic, beloved treat in our country, they just were kind of an afterthought. And so I decided to reinvent the cupcake. <laughs> if I could make a cupcake aspirational and giftable and something that an adult would love to eat, celebrate with and gift, I could expand the market. And by expanding the market, it meant that I could niche down and I yes. could open a bakery devoted solely to cupcakes. Risky venture. No one had done it before. And everyone was telling me it was a bad idea, A, because it hadn't been done before. And a lot of people can't see the vision that you can as an entrepreneur. But B, it was the height of the low carb craze at the time. And nobody I knew was eating any carbs. <laughs> yes. With Atkins, South Beach, it was like, oh, I can't eat that. Exactly. Um, yeah. Like, but then when you see it, you're like, okay, I want three. Well, exactly. I knew I had to do two things. One, I had to really create a phenomenal product, something that was craveable, something that was splurge worthy that could get people, you know, to splurge, even if they were eating a burger without the bun. And the other thing I needed to do was really lean into brand because I was opening something that was not defensible. I, anybody can make a cupcake. Anybody can open a cupcake bakery. And quite frankly, they all did. After we opened, we saw an explosion of cupcake bakeries. So I really had to reinvent the cupcake from the inside out, starting with the ingredients, the technique, the freshness. Then I studied everything down to the color of the wrapper, the style of the frosting. I wanted it to look artisanal with this hand frosted, you know, using an offset spatula, all of our cupcakes are hand frosted. And of course, that idea of keeping that frosting to cake ratio the same throughout. Right. I wanted our cupcakes to be identifiable, like on a buffet of desserts, how would you know something was a sprinkles versus, you know, all the rest. And that's how I came up with this reinvention on the traditional sprinkle, which we call the modern dot. And that we ended up trademarking. So when you see that on a cupcake, it legally should only be a sprinkles cupcake. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. I love that. Within your first week, you sold 2000 cupcakes and this was at your location in Southern California and you caught the attention of Oprah. Mm. Tell us about that milestone moment. Oh, it was so crazy. So we went from everybody telling us we had a bad idea to being constantly sold out in those early days because I wasn't prepared for the demand that was going to be coming at us. And people were lined up and our cupcake case was constantly bare. And all I did all day was apologize to customers. Oh my goodness. But for some reason, the scarcity ended up fueling a little bit of FOMO and and also really got people talking. And shortly after opening, we got the attention of Katie Holmes, Tom Cruise, all these celebrities started talking about us. We had the craziest holiday season where Sprinkles was the gift to give on everyone's list in LA. And we got this call from Harpo Studios saying that Oprah Winfrey wanted 350 cupcakes for her studio audience in Chicago the very next morning. And it's one of those moments where I couldn't believe it. And I also had no idea how I was going to do that. But just say yes. Right. How am I going to pull this off? You just say yes and you figure it out. And so fired up the ovens, baked and frosted those cupcakes, packaged them as carefully as I could. And my husband and I booked a red eye. We went through the airport, you know, with cupcake boxes stacked over the top of shopping bags, you know, carrying as many as we could with nothing but the clothes on our back. 
got to the Oprah Winfrey show the next morning and watched from backstage as Oprah had servers deliver cupcakes to her entire studio audience and then basically talk about how amazing Sprinkles cupcakes were. Like she went on and on. It was an out-of-body experience. Wow. You know, our business just went crazy from that point on. There's a saying, necessity is the mother of invention. Well, it's also the mother of mommy makeup. After being a professional makeup artist for over 20 years, Deborah Rubin Roberts had the privilege to work for and with some of the best brands and talent in the beauty industry. But it was after becoming a mom that was the catalyst for Deborah to develop her own makeup line, Mommy Makeup, Clean Beauty for Busy Women. She figured if she needed clean cosmetics that were fast and easy to use and gave makeup artist quality results, surely other women did too. The makeup is multitasking, so it saves time, money, and clutter. Talc-free, so not drying. Paraben-free, which won't upset your hormones. Cruelty-free, so no animal testing and certified with PETA's Beauty Without Bunnies program. Non-comedogenic, won't clog pores. Allergy-tested to help prevent a reaction. And made in the USA, so you know that the ingredients are local and support our nation's economy. When you log on to the website, mommymakeup.com, click on free color consultation. Simply upload a no makeup selfie and the team will send you back a comprehensive email advising which products and colors best suit your skin tone. It takes the guesswork and swatching out of the process. I especially love the tinted brow gel in Warm Brunette, which has natural fibers to add fullness to my brows and the Triple Sticks lipstick in Tess a beautiful berry hue, which I also put on my cheeks for a natural hint of color. Everything Mommy Makeup does will save you time and money, yet will still make you feel and look the best. Log on to mommymakeup.com and take your free consult to get started. Use my code MOMSENSE, M-O-M-S-E-N-S-E, for 20% off your first order. Have fun and feel good about makeup again. And so in addition to your locations, you came up with the idea of doing a cupcake ATM, which is brilliant. Um, Would you say that's where you tapped into your finance background and were like, okay, this is something that's instant and exactly what uh, a customer would want at any given time? It really was more personal in terms of me learning and leaning into a personal frustration mm-hmm. because it was late at night. I was speaking of being a mom pregnant with my second son. I had eaten cu- dark chocolate cupcakes through both of my pregnancies. <laughs> and I had a craving. We Charles and I would just come back from party. It was late at night and there were no cupcakes in the house. Yeah. And I was frustrated. I was like, I own a cupcake bakery. And even I can't get a cupcake at this time of night. Like what's wrong with that? And so instead of just chalking it up to a pregnancy craving and going to sleep, my husband and I started brainstorming it. Like, what would that look like if you could get a cupcake 24 hours a day? You know, we certainly pay rent 24 hours a day. Why wouldn't we want to monetize? And, um, we had seen a really high end vending machine at some hotel, um, in New York. And we thought, well, what if we could apply that same technology to cupcakes? And so the cupcake ATM was born. Now let's go into the icing on the cake. We're going to sink our teeth into your book, Sweet Success, A Simple Recipe for Turning Your Passion into Profit. So what inspired you to write it? 
So Sweet Success is a guide to entrepreneurship told through the eyes of me as a first-time founder building Sprinkles. Um, the book covers from conception to sale. So it's really the whole like lifespan of a business. For me, I just have realized how hard it is to be a founder and how lonely it can be to be a founder. Yeah. I I have been mentoring female founders. I have been investing in female founded businesses, but I wanted to do help more at scale. And so that led me to write this book. The pandemic offered a perfect opportunity for me to have a little calendar that wasn't quite as chock full as it normally is to sit down and reflect on the journey I've been on, which as an entrepreneur, I'm very much forward thinking. I'm go, go, go. I don't take a lot of time to celebrate my wins, even though I tell everyone that they should be doing that. Right. I am guilty of not doing that myself. So this was a really beautiful moment for me to sit down and reflect on the things I'd done well, first and foremost. And then of course, the mistakes I'd made and share those with the world because you know, I want to help people avoid those mistakes. But I also wanted to shine a light on a journey that doesn't normally get told. We yeah. see in the media a lot about, you know, all these men that are raising hundreds of millions of dollars, building rocket ships to the moon. There's this type of entrepreneurship that feels very intimidating and daunting. And I wanted people to understand that, you know, at the end of the day, all I did was I bet on myself, I yeah. took action on it and I was super, super resilient. Yes, exactly. And you don't have to go to B school and, you know, earn an MBA to understand product market fit. You wrote a whole book on it. I, I want to highlight co-executive chef and, you know, Charles was a partner that you chose and he was all in. And I think, you know, as I have my family of five and my devoted husband, I think, I don't know if I'd be where I am if I didn't have someone who was so supportive and was my cheerleader. Mm. And I wish that for all my friends. Tell us about that pivotal decision because, you know, whether it's in business or life, your partner is like, it's so paramount to have a good one. I am so lucky. My husband is amazing. He was the first person to look at me and say, I believe in you truly. I mean, I don't care what everyone else is saying. I believe in you. I will leave my finance job and I will do this with you. And to have somebody... <laughs> Like oh. believing you that much is just, I, I can't even describe it. And, you know, we started as friends and we started, actually, we met working together. We weren't dating at the time, but we were able to see each other in a very high stress situation. I mean, investment banking, late nights, you know, intense pressure. And he really stuck out to me because he had this very joyful way of moving through the world. And he was curious about people and just, you know, in a world that at least in my experience, a lot of the partners were very much about just making as much money as possible. And certainly that is the motive of an investment banking firm. I get it, right. but there wasn't a lot of time for anything else. And so just watching how some of them would sometimes treat people like the parking attendants in the building. Yeah. Right. And then watching how my husband knew their name, knew their family's name, knew right. what sports team they rooted for, and just always took time to make them feel seen. And not for any reason other than he enjoyed talking to people and he enjoyed yeah. like learning about them. 
I just thought that was so beautiful. Like I just, he was a kind soul and, and a hard worker. And I think, you know, believed in me and has been my very trusty partner in life and business. And I'm, I'm just very grateful. I'm very fortunate. What was your journey through motherhood like? Two things were hard mm-hmm. when I became a mother. The loss of independence, the fact that I was very strictly held to a schedule of feeding and sleeping and all of that yeah. is no joke. Like for somebody who's used to just picking up and, you know, calling the shots and making their own schedule, like that loss of independence is something I had to mourn a little bit. Right, right. And then on top of it, I realized, I always knew this about myself, but how much I need sleep and how people who can do well on not very much sleep are actually, I think, have an advantage as parents, truly. Oh yeah, big time. Truly. Yeah. And I didn't have that. (laughs) Yeah, because they just have this, you know, privilege of time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, you just have to be good on no sleep in the early days. Right. I was really fortunate to have a great nanny. My husband is very hands-on. But, you know, those early days were rough. And my first son was not easy. He did not need very much sleep, unfortunately. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he was cranky. I remember uh, my in-laws coming to visit and we were just determined, even though we were in the thick of building sprinkles and we had this little toddler and like everything was chaos. We were determined to do something normal, like go out to dinner as a family. Like we were just going to do something fun, even though... (laughs) There's a reason we all stay at home for the most part and don't travel when we have young kids. It's just easier, right? Yeah. We're in this really nice restaurant, AOC in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and Charlie will not stop crying. He is oh, screaming no. at the top of his lungs. So each of us took turns just holding him and walking around the block while the rest of us ate our meal. And we just like <laughs> did it in, you know, stages. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's rough and it definitely takes a village. It definitely um, takes a village. My second one was a dream. He's a sensitive guy and he has a lot of love to give, but you ultimately get your groove. And then now I have a preteen and a teenager. And it's like, I'm, I just treasure every moment because, you know, he's in ninth grade. I've got four more years of him, you know, under this roof. And all my friends are like, are, are you sending your kids to boarding school? And I love boarding school as an idea, but it has to come from the child. And I want every last minute I can with my kids. So no, they are not going to boarding school. Mom, I'm dying to go to boarding school, in which case I will support them. Yes. Yes. Oh, I love that. Tell us about a mom sense moment you had. And by this, I mean, you know, a time where you trusted your gut and your sixth sense. And I know you've done that throughout your life, but maybe one that is colored by like your, your journey as a mom. (laughs) Oh my God. So In Los Angeles, there is definitely a culture of people hiring baby nurses in the early Uh days, like in sleep nurses to kind of help, you know, get on a schedule and then, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. And it's so hard. I mean, this was my first child. I didn't know how to find this person. I relied (laughs) on my network, but at the end of the day, you're entrusting your infant child to someone and how do you know? And so this woman had come really highly recommended, but early on, I just, I just felt something in my gut about her style. Mm -hmm. And what I realized it was, was she might have been right for someone else, but she wasn't right for me because she, she knew best always. And she, 
she made me question my own instinct as a mom because she had more experience. And on some level, I guess that's true. But on another level, I wasn't having it. And right. so I just realized like, I, I'm so sorry that this isn't the right fit. And it was hard for me because I did sort of second guess myself like this woman, it comes so highly recommended. What do I know? I'm a first time mom. <laughs> this is my job. But at the end of the day, you know everything because you're the mom of that child. Thank you so much, Candice. Um, please tell my audience where we can find you and follow you and support you. Thank you so much. And this has been so much fun. I am on all the social media platforms, <laughs> much to my dismay. Right. Um, Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram, you can find me at Candace Nelson. I'm also on LinkedIn. And then Pizzana, you can find on Instagram as well, at Pizzana. And we're shipping our pizzas frozen via Gold Belly. So that's a fun little easy dinner to get on the table for your family. And my book, Sweet Success, is available in at Barnes and Noble, Amazon, your local independent bookseller. So I hope that you will pick it up for yourself or maybe an aspiring entrepreneur in your life. Yes, I think after this conversation, they definitely will. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. This was great. This was Thank so, so great. Thank you so much. Isn't Candace Nelson just terrific? I loved our delicious conversation. I Wish I had a slice of pizzana pizza and a sprinkles cupcake as we were chatting. I love that she truly delved into why she wanted to pivot and how that became her purpose in life and how we can do it too, because she truly dared to navigate a path that not many do, especially after, you know, a more secure career in banking. And I think that's the biggest takeaway here. If you have an urge to do something, no matter what it is, just go for it. The learnings will come and you'll be so much happier that you did it. As you can see, I'm releasing the episodes on YouTube, as well as all the podcast players, Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, Good Pods, wherever you listen. If you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review That's Total Mom Sense. It helps a ton with the algorithms. You can visit my link, thatstotalmomsense.com forward slash iTunes, and there's a guide on how to do it. I am most active on Instagram, so you can follow me there at Kanika Chadda Gupta, and you'll get even more of a backstory on my guests and there are sound bites and all sorts of things like that around the show. And of course, my own personal updates. And if you would like, you can even write to me at thatstotalmomsense at gmail.com. I write back to all your messages and really, really appreciate the fan mail. Remember, always trust your mom sense and dad sense. Stay strong, super parents. I'll see you next time. Total Mom Sense.